Clay, before we get into random thoughts, can you identify mm-hmm. what movie they used a clip from in Tuvok's dream sequence? Oh, geez. Uh, Star Trek movie or otherwise? Otherwise. We've covered um, <clears throat> Not Predator. You might have thought that alien face that popped up was the Predator. It was no, not. No, I remember that. That was a Star Trek guy. Yeah. Um, Terminator 2. No, I'll give you one clue. Uh, we covered it extremely early on Patreon, and it's a cult classic that's set in space. Horror movie. Sam Neill. Oh, really? Event Horizon? Event Horizon. Yeah, the screaming no corpse that they, they show as a clip is a, is footage from Event Horizon. That's, that's funny. I didn't even catch that. <laughs> If you guys are interested in our coverage of Event Horizon, it's one of the first Patreons we did. So maybe five or six years ago, you can go check that out at patreon.com slash the Penske file. But here we are, Clay, to talk about Random Thoughts, which is a Voyager episode, and it is not a movie. Who directed Event Horizon? I couldn't think of the director. It's one of those uh, video- It's a Paul, Paul, Paul W.S. Anderson. Anderson one. All right, that makes sense. Not P.T. Anderson. No, Not Wes the video Anderson. game Anderson. Paul right? W.S. Anderson. Yeah. W.S. W.W.W.B. This is Random Thoughts. It's the 10th episode of the fourth season of Star Trek Voyager. It came out on November 19th, 1997. Where Were You? Written by Kenneth Biller, directed by Alexander Singer in universe date 51367, uh, 51367.2, 2374.2. In this one, B. Alana Torres is imprisoned for having violent thoughts on a planet of peaceful telepaths. As Prince once said so beautifully on the soundtrack to Tim Burton's Batman, if a man can be considered guilty for what goes on in his mind, then give mm-hmm. me the electric chair for all my future crimes. <laughs> yep. You can only go so far with your your violent thoughts and your groovy, stylish R&B backbeat. <laughs> Let's see here. So I thought this was interesting on the Memory Alpha. Um, this episode bears several striking similarities to the first season episode, Ex Post Facto. I know you remember that one. In both episodes, a member of the crew is accused of a crime on an alien planet. Tuvok assists in investigating the crime and performs a mind meld as part of his investigation. The crew member is found to be innocent, and the true culprit is discovered to be one of the native aliens. In addition, in the closing scenes of each episode, the crew member has a terse conversation with Tuvok in which Tuvok explains that he was simply pursuing the truth and not necessarily attempting to exonerate the crew member. Who was the criminal accused in ex post facto, Clay? The second quiz for you. The crew member? Yeah, the Voyager crew member who was accused of committing murder in ex post facto. Um, was it Bellana? No, Paris. I was going to say Paris, yeah. Very good. So let's get into random thoughts. What would you think about this one? Uh, well, first of all, I have no memory of that other episode, as okay. l- long-time listeners of the show can probably assume. Mm-hmm. That was a good one um, from the first season, I think. I thought it was yeah. okay. Yeah. They started off Detective Detective Tuvok. We we both like mm. Detective Tuvok. This one isn't Detective Tuvok as much. Um, this was this was okay. I uh, it, well, it starts off rough uh, with the first thing that you're given is um, an insight into Neelix's sex life, which I don't want. The, the and tugging? should never have. Yeah. Well, yeah, that and the scene at the beginning when he's talking to Paris, and he's like, I haven't been with anybody since Cass. Oh, yeah. like, Neelix, I don't want to know. <laughs> Just don't. Those um, conversations are always great on shows like this. And uh, I was... Once they got into the, um, the, the core idea in the first half, I was kind of rolling my eyes a bit just because it was like... Yeah, Minority Port brings up some ethical questions. Great. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not really that interesting, not really that novel. When they got to the idea that they're selling violent thoughts on the black market, that's pretty fun. That's a fun idea. Yeah. Um, but aside from that, I don't know. It was it was okay. I didn't I didn't love it. It didn't blow me away. It was it was fine. Random thoughts is. Um, I think it's a pretty good example to me of 
I think it's a pretty good example of a Voyager episode at this point, yeah. <laughs> for better or for worse. Um, I I liked the opening bits better. I actually I actually didn't like the black market bit as much as I liked the um, idea of uh, violent thoughts being suppressed and it being a crime. Like it's not that it's unworn territory. Like you're obviously you're running into classics like 1984, which is talking about like thought crime and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. you're running into the modern day trend of uh, words can be violence and like people shouldn't think things and stuff like that. Um, which this episode doesn't really get into. It doesn't, it doesn't, it does the Voyager flaw of it doesn't even, it doesn't do a DS9 uh, 9-11 thing, right? Where it like imagines a situation and then makes a prediction that turns out to be eerily correct about what goes on. <laughs> Voyager just says something and makes no predictions because it doesn't say anything about the topic at all that it's it's sure. discussing. So it's like, I liked the introduction mostly because I was like, oh, this could be kind of cool. This could be interesting. This has some really great classic literature that you could do your own Star Trek spin on. And in typical Voyager fashion, I don't think it says anything at all to the point where I'm semi-confused about what the characters on the show actually think about this planet and its rules because they seem to be... Tuvok has a line where he's like, um, you thought this was our crew member, but it looks like you have a much bigger problem on your hands. And it's like, well, is it a real problem, Tuvok? Like, I don't know if Tuvok should be the one that's being like, well, you need to go out there and squash these people from thinking what they're thinking because this right, is going to get dark. <clears throat> and also, this is kind of rambling, but I'll throw it to you with, after Year of Hell, I found it really weird to see Janeway be such a bootlicker to these guys and be like, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll let you torture Bolana yeah, because that's I the mean, Federation <clears throat> way. That was one of the things I was kind of thinking too, where it's like once they... Once they get into this, which is like the thing we've seen a million times, which is like they're on a planet, something goes wonky, and then they're like, nope, we have to we have to listen to the arcane draconian rules that they go by. Like the whole thing, the whole time I was thinking like, just leave, just leave the planet, just go, just leave, just go. I don't, or be, before you like, go down there for sure, leave, you should be like, do you guys have any weird rules on your planet that we, <laughs> we should know about before we get down there? Like possibly thought crime, <laughs> that's something you guys might be dabbling in. <clears throat> Yeah, I don't know. I think I think it was just uh for me it was the start just felt like such a um off the shelf Star Trek plot yep. that it didn't really engage me that much until they got into the black market thing which I at least I thought was kind of novel as, as far as the way that they handle this kind of thing. Yeah. Um so it, it it took it took me a little bit to get into it. Um <laughs> and also the, the idea that oh that old lady stabs that woman to death was unintentionally hilarious. Yeah, I thought it that was, was, it was like very funny. they're really really <laughs> ratcheting things up here. My actually my favorite part of the episode was the two scenes with with seven actually. I really yeah. like the um, the ending one. What's the first one? I can remember the, the ending one where one. she's talking to. I can't remember who she's talking to, but they're they're. Maybe it's it's too too uh, Neelix. I can't remember, but they're talking about she ma- she makes the comparison that oh she says um, she doesn't understand why Voyager continues to follow Federation rules and in Federate the idea that they're supposed to be uh, seeking out new civilizations. She's like, if you just focused on getting home, you could get home a lot quicker. Yeah, and yeah. then I, oh, it's Janeway. She's that's, that's the ending Janeway the, scene. Yeah. Oh. Uh, she, I think well, she's I'm talking thinking, to the, Neelix, the first one, but I don't. I don't remember what she's talking about to Neelix in the first one. The, fir- the first one, she the what she the point that she gets to is that what they're doing. They say what they're doing is gathering knowledge about other cultures. Oh and yeah, her response yeah, is right. that assimilation is the same thing, but it's a lot faster, Quicker. more efficient. So I, I thought that was was good because then you're you're at least tapping into the weirdness of Seven a bit in a yeah. way that they haven't in a in a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I like that last one with Janeway too, because she does bring up some, you know, good questions. Makes me wonder. Uh, but I like I like that use of of Seven as someone who is kind of weird and asking questions that are a little bit, uh, you know, uncouth. I said box a, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. She's um, 
It's probably her most limited episode to this point of the season, I think, because she's only in it for those two scenes. Made me wonder if she the, she's not really in Year of Hell very much. She's really backseat in that episode. Yeah, that's true. She has a she has a couple meaningful conversations with Tuvok, I guess, in that's that true. one, which kind yeah. of it leaves a more of a lasting impact. Uh, here makes me wonder if their 70 year to get home thing takes into account the amount of stopping that they're going to do, or is this oh, a yeah. hundred year journey because of the amount of stopping that they do? They don't, they don't get into that. I, um, yeah, I, I, I think that it's a hard one because it's, it's, It's it's just one of these Voyager episodes that it refuses to go to the next gear to make it like an invested story in it. It's mm-hmm. just like I I don't know. I feel that there are ways you could do this. Like I'm 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 continually. I guess I'm a little bit surprised by Janeway, and I think I think Janeway is taking a lot of like hits in my esteem as far as like where she would rank on the captain list of the captains. Um, just for narrative stuff, I, f- I find she acquiesces to the aliens here in a way that is, it really just goes to show the, like the lack of the, the balls that the show has as a writing force where it's like, she doesn't have any problems with this beyond just being like, this is unfortunate this happened, Bolana, but they're going to have to erase your memories because this is the way the things it's like. After all they've gone through, I find it hard to believe that, and especially after the year of hell, it's not just like a beamer out of there and get the fuck out of this place yeah, situation. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, yeah. Because... That's why I think it was so frustrating at the beginning, because I was just like, just go, just beam just, her out, just go. <laughs> well, I, I guess because the difference is, right, in TNG, there was always the implicit understanding that you might have to deal with these people, because they're, they're, they're presumably within the Federation, because you're like bumping into them all the time. But yeah. here, you're not going to see these guys in the re- unless you're looking in the rearview mirror and be like, well, we'll see you guys and also, later. And also, the thing she's getting arrested for is so abstract. Mm-hmm. And like, there's that's not something that they knew was a thing or that like, <clears throat> like the fact that Janeway doesn't really push back against that being like, what? You know, you're not arresting my crew member because she thought about punching someone. No, never, never takes a moral stand like <clears throat> Picard would do, which is that like, this right. is an insane thing that you have determined to do that people like just the thought of, because it's different even from um, Minority Report because Minority Report is at least assuming that a crime is going to happen where this right. is just, I just got angry at you. And I didn't do anything, and I'm not going to do anything, but right. I got angry at you, and that's that's apparently the crime. Yeah. It's just weird that Janeway, Janeway doesn't have the typical captain makes a speech thing here. She doesn't have an opinion about any of this, really. And I find that I find that really strange, and I think that it really works against Janeway as a character because besides her schizophrenic outlook on things, even when she's in a situation where I feel like I know that I'm expecting a captain's speech, it doesn't come for whatever reason. I don't know. It's, yeah. it's, she's weak. she's fairly weak as a character to me. Yeah, and that's what makes that scene at the end so interesting because, like, the, Seven is kind of interrogating the whole her whole approach to everything. Yeah. And Janeway's, Janeway's response is basically, eh, I mean, that'd be boring if we didn't yeah. do stuff. <laughs> What kind of show would this be? Yeah, when it, which is fine until it comes down to your crew getting arrested for thinking stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't. I did also. I did also like one of the things I liked was that Tuvok. Um, I think it was probably because he had the hots for her, which I didn't love. But the fact that when they first start talking about the incident, Tuvok is kind of on her side. Yeah. Um, you know, being both telepaths and stuff, they clearly have a connection. But yeah. he very quickly switches back over once he kind of sees what's going on. But I kind of, I kind of, I, I wish they had pushed that a little bit further and let him be a little bit more ambiguous as to as to whether or not he. Because I mean, that's the closest they get to making some sort of like ethical point or like bringing up an ethical question, right? Yeah. Is Tuvok yeah. be like, well, I don't know. Maybe it's maybe Tuvok it's good. It. I mean, that's what my people. Yeah. What's that? Yeah, the Vulcans do yeah. it. I, I just yeah, I was gonna say that right. the, it's his sort of outlook on life. Yeah, and, and they just kind of give you that little crumb, 
And then he switches over pretty quick. But that would have been more interesting if he stayed with that point of view and was like, well, I don't know. This is makes sense to me. Yeah. I'm very well adjusted. Yes. <laughs> As Lon Suter like bursts out of his, uh, his brain and starts killing people. Yeah, no, that's the, you know, it doesn't ever go anywhere like that. You could see an argument that Tuvok is sort of pro what this place is doing. You could have a kind of semi-relationship thing there where it's like it's unclear what his motivations are about it or what the argument is. And then he doesn't get to take it to the level of like disgust that the Vulcans, the Vulcans don't actually, they do judge, but they don't, they don't criminalize emotion they just sort of judge right. it as like this is something that we shouldn't be doing uh it never gets to the point where he kind of has to reconcile with that unfortunately and i just i think it's a i don't know i i I've, i guess it comes back to janeway's frustrating to me because the belief system of this alien race right like f- seems to me to fly in the face of federation values so of what the franchise wants it to be. Um, I just, I'm, I'm surprised that she doesn't stick up for her crew member against it and that they don't have a stronger, this just feels like the wrong episode to be like, well, different strokes for different folks, really. Like that's, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's all there is to it. I guess, I guess we're supposed to take comfort in the fact that this doesn't kill Bolana. It just kind of erases the memory, but I don't know. That, that doesn't seem... Well, that's that's another thing they could have done if they wanted to push it. They could have had the herd go through the procedure. What does that look like? Right. Maybe maybe she comes out the other end and she's kind of happy about it. Yeah. And then maybe Tuvok realizes at that point that, oh, this is not right. This is not what people should be doing. You know, like there's... Yeah. I think there's a lot of things you could do with the idea, but it's just pretty... They also... The other thing Tuvok doesn't have to reconcile with is that I think that that guy who was selling black market memories wanted to have sex with Tuvok because he, yes, he did. Yeah, he, he, he just had a very <laughs> lecherous kind of once in that once in that in that gray matter. I, I thought I, I thought that they're they're I can't remember the specifics of what they were saying, but I thought what they were talking when he first accuses them in like that back alleyway, I thought their conversation was extremely funny. Um unintentionally, but I can't remember specifically what they were talking about. But that guy does have lecherous energy. I was in the scene when uh, <clears throat> when Tuvok mind melds with him to show him all the horrible stuff. Mm-hmm. I was in my head. I was like, I would. He should have just shown him like two girls, one cup, and like tub girl or something. <laughs> like that would have been enough. He would have shut the whole thing down. That's it's an episode that could be memified. I think to showing what yes. the the, wor- the worst uh, moment of of violence could possibly be. How come you liked the, the uh, I mean, you said you liked it. Did you think that there was anything novel about the black market for violent imagery type stuff? I mean, this is kind of a video nasty allegory, right? It's like so, we, yeah, we've, sure. we've censored th- something that we think is uncouth. And now we have all these little cult films out there that people can watch and determine if they're actually disturbed by them or whatever. Yeah, but it also undercuts that idea because <laughs> the little cult films they're watching are causing people to kill other people. Yes, so. yeah, yeah. It's um, the downside. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, um, I like the idea, but again, it's not something that they really did much with. It was just two guys in an alleyway, and then one of them goes, ah, and yeah. beats up Tuvok. She chases so. after Tuvok. <clears throat> but, you know, like the, I, it's one of those things where... Um, conceptually it makes sense because there's an outlawed thing and so of course that thing is going to become a commodity um to the underworld yeah and uh but yeah even there they don't make any real point about why they're necessary why emotional thoughts are are necessary you know no yeah it it does it stumbles you don't get that you don't get that kirk scene where he's like i need my anger keeps me on the edge yeah, what's the closest they does Tuvok say something? Maybe. Well, I think Tuvok, I'm just remembering his, his weird <laughs> language where he's like, Yeah, see the darkness within me. Do you want to see what I'm packing here? Um then they get through that. But that's, that's Have fun. you ever seen Grape Fall? <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> and dark as hell. Yeah, it was does weird. Does anybody ever check in on that woman? Is she okay? Like is it 
I think we'll have to we'll have a follow up interview with her in a, uh, a wheelchair. She seemed all right. She was she was moving. The ladder guy. Sure this was. thing's locked in. This thing's locked in place. There's a whole bunch you can. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the violence. Violence is a weird choice. Here, I guess it's a smart it choice, is. and maybe 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 a smarter show would have handled it. Um, I think violence is interesting because the show if the show is interested in talking about this stuff i think violence is like a pretty good example of something that if you could outlaw its thought would that be viable you know it's like it's like it's like the cleanest example of something that i don't necessarily believe this like i don't think that you should do that but i could see an argument for like well violent thoughts aren't really benefiting anybody at all. So I could see an argument here to get rid of them. You know, it, it doesn't have the prescience of, um, it didn't take the example and bring it into like a modern day context where I'm talking about now where it's like the, like the definition of violence becomes so flimsy that the thought that's the 1984 thing too. It's like once it once it starts to spread, and you can, the person in control gets to choose what they are considering violence. At that point, it runs mm-hmm. into a problem society wise. I mean, because it is so vague, but the episode itself is showing like event horizon corpses and stuff. Like it's it's not right. like it's yeah. it's not really taking a very subtle approach to what violence is for these guys. So I don't know how you felt about that. I thought it was kind of a smart choice, but the show doesn't do anything with it. I would have preferred it was more like a wishy-washy, who are you to decide what violence is kind of argument type thing. Right, that they that's, take. that's the thing too, because like ultimately, ultimately the argument that they kind of make on the show is that this would work. Yeah. Because yeah. The, there seems it was to working. be... The, it was working. Yeah, it was until, working. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and so, and I think, I think if they had made it, if they had continued down the road of just the fact that Bolana thought about beating someone up was the crime, um, and and not that it was actively causing other people to do it, I think that would be a more interesting way to handle it because then you get into the idea of all right, well, first you outlaw crime, and then you out first all crime is outlaw. Uh, first you outlaw. <laughs> Uh, violence, and yeah. then you outlaw the th- the thinking about concept it. of violence. You know, yeah. Thinking about it, and then you know it just gets more more and more granular until <clears throat> you're throwing people in jail for, you know, in this case, getting angry at other people. Yes, like that's yeah. that's an interesting way to go. But once you get into like, no, her thoughts actually did are being sold illegally on the black market <laughs> of a planet where the the elimination of violence has actually seemed to have worked pretty well. That's a real Voyager thing, right? Yeah, that's the. It's a real, it's a real Voyager thing to take that concept, which I think that some of the other shows would have run with a little bit more. And what they do is they sci-fi it, and they go, "Well, here's the sci-fi, semi-tangential outlook, or like like a uh, outlet that we can take to get out of this actual story into something else." It's a little bit unfortunate, but it's. Or just do something with the the uh, the black market thing if you want to do that if you find that to be more interesting the 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 inspiration for this was apparently the uh, the cultural conversation about like how much like violence in media and stuff and how how much that influences people whether or not like violent video games make violent kids and things like that sure but again you you are you're undercutting that entire argument as soon as you have the violent media cause violence you know then it's yeah, yeah. not there's there's no argument anymore because like the violent media specifically caused violence to happen right so you mean in, in this case you mean the media in this sense of the memory being yes. sold yeah, yeah. yes yeah yeah um so that's why i think that's i, I think there's a more you know it's strange though because like you got to have something happen in the episode you got to have action and you've got to have uh action that causes drama so the way they handle it, I guess it makes sense for a TV show. But like, if if you're trying to make any kind of point, and it clearly doesn't seem like they are, yeah, um, then you got to you got to do something different. I think. 
Is the the lack of a point in the background information was intentional. The original script was much more, they don't say how, but the original script was apparently much more forthright in having an opinion about this. And yeah. uh, through well, rewrites, they know, cut it away. I don't, I don't know if you, I don't think you do need to have an opinion. Like I think, but they're not really asking question that much here. You know, you can, if you want to bring up the idea and then have Janeway or whoever your designated uh, one side of the argument is get into it with the person on the other side of that argument. That's fine too. You don't have to, nothing says you have to come down and make a point or create a conclusion or solve the problem, but it just, they kind of, it falls to the wayside here in favor of the more sci-fi stuff as it usually tends to do. Yeah. I think that's the difference between us generally. I like episodes to have points, even if they're contradictory with other episodes in them. Like Mm -hmm. I I like the voice of the writer coming through. Um, Mm -hmm. TOS did that really well, I think, which would have like, it would have like pro Vietnam episodes and then anti Vietnam episodes, like back to back and stuff like that. And I just think that like, the more you avoid having an opinion, the more you end up in this territory, which is just you bring it up and then you go, ah, that's it. You know, like that, that's what are you going to do? Yeah, I think there's, I think it's different though. I think there's a difference between bringing it up and then going, eh, whatever, or bringing it up and really digging into it and mm-hmm. really interrogating it from all sides. You know, this isn't doing that. This is just kind of bringing it up, go, hey, wouldn't it be crazy if, and then throwing the sci-fi thing in there to, to keep things moving. Yeah, it's fair. Yeah, I mean, I I guess you yes. If you're not going to, um, if you're not going to, I guess it's semantics about what you consider to be having an opinion about it. But if you're not going to have the characters argue about it, you're certainly not in a place where it's like, and no one cares about whatever. Well, that's the thing. That's the problem with this show. Yeah, is that as we've, we've talked about a million times, and it's not just this show; it's a lot of shows. But the characters don't aren't coming into these situations with points of view on the subject. They're just coming into the situation as Chakotay or as Tom Paris or as Tuvok. Like Tuvok is the closest you get in yeah. this episode to, to yeah. having an angle on it. Um, it's an interesting episode if they had gone, and I'm just realizing now how little she's in it, but if Bolana had a point of view about her violent thoughts, I feel sure. that that's something yeah. he could probably... Because I, I actually, I did one of the... like more like subtextual things I liked about it was I do like the idea of Tuvok and Balana talking about their different outlooks on things. Cause I yeah. think that's kind of interesting. I think that the show has an extremely hard time justifying it. It generally portrays Balana's outlook as a negative. Her temper is always a bad thing to her. It always causes problems, but I, I think you can, you know, in the way of the TOS episodes, I think you can make an episode where Bolana's temper and her tendencies are helpful sometimes. They have to be, sure. you would think. Yeah. And I, I, I think that here, seeing Bolana stick up for her thoughts and essentially her culture in some ways, although it's implied here it's just genetics, but like her, her like genetics or whatever, and just saying, you know, listen, hippies... <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like stomps on someone's foot. I, I feel that this episode could have gone in that direction too, which is just Bolana sticks up for herself. She's in control, but she has thoughts that she is controlling, much like Tuvok in the Vulcans do. That, that's why it's right. so weird that v- the Vulcans are always a little bit confused and Tuvok is too, because there's always that problem about we know that they're suppressing emotion, but the Vulcans always seem to be in denial and say we don't feel these things, but they clearly do feel these things. So I, I feel that there's discussion between Bolana and Tuvok on that stuff, but they don't they don't get into it. Yeah. I mean, honestly, for an episode about Bolana being arrested for her own thoughts, she's not really in it that much. No. And she doesn't they don't really get a lot of time with her and actually get her she she doesn't yeah, like you're saying, she doesn't really have any scenes where she's kind of getting into the subject herself you know yeah where does she come down maybe maybe she comes down and says you know what my the, my the anger my anger from my klingon side is a liability and maybe this is the right thing for me right you know, which i'm not saying is the right or wrong thing to do yes yeah, it would be just an interesting a, a way idea. to go yeah 
And then maybe it's Tuvok who comes around and says, you know what? No, that's not the way things should go or, you know, whatever. Yeah. No, agreed. Are you still liking Janeway's hair? (laughs) I think it looks great. (laughs) You like her much better, much better than that weird vanilla ice bouffant thing that she had and the ponytail. Ugh. When they I, threw the ponytail on the back, it was not good. I remember the bun. I think I'm, I'm sort of all of her haircuts are blanking together. I, I do. It find- was basically it was it was the big bun thing. Yeah, and then there was one episode I think in season two where she had like a normal like shoulder length haircut. Yep. And then it immediately went back to the bun thing. Yeah. And then towards the end of last season, they gave her this long ass ponytail yeah, the bun. coming out of the bun, <laughs> which was not great. But now they've switched to just that short kind of bob thing. It looks much better. Yeah, I think I, I think in, uh, as they bring in the the sex appeal of Jerry Ryan, I think it's interesting she went with the most matronly haircut that adds ten years to her appearance. <laughs> well, I mean, honest dude, it it's it takes away ten years compared to the last thing she had. Like, I I would not be surprised oh, really? if she was like, I think so. No, I, I, think I would not be surprised older. if she was like, if if she's gonna look like that, I need a haircut <laughs> that doesn't look like Dracula at the beginning of Bram Stoker's Dracula. Interesting. I'll have to go back and look at stills. I, I feel this is her most mature in quotes haircut. It's like the uh right. the most the most um matronly, I guess would be the word. All right, well we'll go to patron thoughts about this one. If you guys enjoyed the content today, you can go to patreon.com slash the Penske file and leave <laughs> your is- this is not going to be a great episode to listen to because most of it is us going like, eh, it was a scene. I don't remember what people said, but <laughs> somewhere in there, someone said uh, something about the, the memories. Something, something happened. Something. Yeah. They gave her a little, little bit of the juice. I mean, I like to the one thing I one thing I like about Voyager is it does feel I don't know if it helps the show, but it, it feels like the writers are. um not even really trying to hide what they would consider to be like the dirty version of the show. Like Neelix being like, can you tug on my whiskers? Like that it's, it's like, it's only just an allegory or a metaphor. You know, it's like he's, he's using the word tug. <laughs> there's like, there's no, there's no difference in it. It's not even like the Ferengi ear massage thing, which feels like it's like two mm-hmm. metaphors stacked on. This is just he wants to have his face pulled as he's like grabbing her melons. You know, like the subtext is just it's just really. Hey, who is that actress? It, apparently, well, I recognize I that actress from somewhere, but I don't know what it is. Hold on a second. Who is she? She's a guest star. They all have silly names. I can't tell what they are. Anyway, patreon.com slash the Penske file. Leave your thoughts about upcoming episodes, and we will read them on the show. I think we're going to be justified, though, Clay. Um, I don't think the patrons are high on this episode either. So (laughs) I'll go with Kyle Barrett. Not that it matters, but it's always the... uh, the struggle. I always get very concerned whenever I say this is an episode like a lot of Voyager episodes... Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I, I know that I know that that irritates a subset of people um, who like this show, but it is it is nothing but honest for me. Unfortunately, here's she your first. Was, uh, um, that girl was a th- she was theater girl number two in Scream Two. Oh, don't don't know her from that. Anything no, else more know. recent? Uh, oh, she was in Seinfeld. Who is she in Seinfeld? Uh, I don't know, but there's this picture of her with George, so she was definitely in the show. Is 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 she the one from the the where the the father goes crazy? Is that the one? It's the uh, there's an episode of Side where it's like he's he's an old mechanic and he's like smashing George's car engine with a wrench, and she tells him that he's got dementia or something like that. At that point, uh, I just had it. Website. The episode from Seinfeld is it's not the gum, I don't think. It's the it um is C app. Is uh, it the, the gum? Little kicks. Little kicks. Oh, is she Elaine's co-worker oh, on the it's little the kicks? Elaine dancing episode. Yes, that's the that's that one. Maybe she's a co-worker on that. Okay. Maybe yeah, it looks it. it looks like she is. Yeah. Case closed. <clears throat> Solved. You are Cal welcome, Barrett's listener. Is. 
Random thoughts. Why is it that when Neelix fantasizes about the telepath tugging his whiskers, she smiles, but when I revealed my fantasy of someone sitting on my chest while shoving a pencil in my dick hole, my partner ran for the hills. This episode toys with ideas about censorship, about a black market of telepathic video nasties, but I'm not sure it ever gets around to actually saying anything or making a point. Yes, that is footage from the event horizon Tuvok is dreaming up along with a shot from First Contact, which makes no sense because how would he know about those new uniforms? The detective story of finding Bolana not guilty is less interesting than her being guilty and Janeway having to debate against the law and censorship. Janeway handles money like my nan, and if only Lon Suter was still around to star in this episode. Two out of five. I wish they had gone further with the video nasties allegory. And when the guy shows Tuvok some of the crazy shit he sees, Tuvok is like, awesome. (laughs) I need to go show my youngest cousin. (laughs) Can I burn this to a VHS tape or a copy of it when I'm burning it at that point? Yeah. What did you, did you have? That would would have been a. Uh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I, if you would, I have a totally different tangent. So if you wanted to finish your thought, oh, I was, I was just going to say that would have been hilarious if the if the solution was that Tuvok just showed up with a stack of videotapes, yes. and was like, instead of <laughs> thinking about killing people, why don't you just watch Cannibal Holocaust? Yeah, just read. Uh, I've got, I've got some World War One Civil War books for you. Maybe you'll find this interesting. Um. Uh, the video nasties are are you and Amanda's uh, special Patreon for last mm-hmm. year, right? Uh, last from, year, if I got my years yep. correct, did um did you find the violence <laughs> there to be upsetting in a general sense? You know, to get specific. Um, no, like a there was some of them that I I couldn't really understand. Like it's it's all relative, right? Like it's all um <clears throat> relative to to when they came out and what where the line of extremity was, but even so. I think, well, it was all an overreaction, but there were, most of them were, were really violent, but clearly kind of unrealistically violent. You know, it's not like you were watching. Weren't sure if it was a snuff snuff films. Yeah. But on the other hand, you did have last house on the left, which is a pretty rough watch Mm -hmm. and is, uh, isn't as, um, high on the special effects. Like, you know, you're not seeing, a plus level gore flying out of people, yeah, yeah. but that the fact that they're not doing that kind of makes it more visceral. So, like that stuff, it kind of swung from I have no idea why anybody had a problem to this with this to eh, I don't agree with it, but I kind of get it, you know? Yeah, sure. <clears throat> it was all British banning, right? That's the whole yes. thing about it. Yeah. yeah, and it's and it was all just home video too, because all these movies they they were released in cinemas with a couple cuts, I think. But when it came to actually making them available in the home where kids might be able to watch them, that's when the problems happened. That's yep. when they started banning stuff. Yeah. So that's what they should have done in this. They should have had a kid kill somebody. Yeah. It's it, it's gone too far. Everyone's everyone is everyone's in trouble now. Yeah, I I don't know if there's any because yeah. The, the British censorship, the European censorship is weird in, in general, isn't it? From an American point of view, it makes like no sense what they do. There's like, there's a, it's true. So I was just gonna say it's, it's so weirdly backwards comparing to, cause like, um, basically I think in, in America, violence tends to be okay, but sex has usually come down on a lot harder. Yeah. It tends yeah. to be the opposite in, in the UK. Yeah. Although I don't think we ban sex in that way. It's it's not. Well, that's like, what I mean. Yeah, that, like I think nudity and stuff is is more acceptable in in the UK and, than and yes, in yeah. America generally. Yeah, but their their reaction to violence is more extreme than the American reaction yes. to sexuality. I think, and it's not oh, even. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it, it's not because there's. A, I was I'm listening to the Stranglers a lot now, and they have a a video for their Duchess that was banned by the BBC. <laughs> And there, it's, it was dan, banned for being blasphemous, but it's just them in a church, you know? And it's like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, it's, when it's, it comes it, to that stuff, anything goes, you know? It's clearly more <laughs> um, political than anything. It's, it's, it's not like the actual content matters. It's more just the ability of, it's like the, the whatever branch of government is controlling that is like 
trying to assert itself in some way to to yeah. to do something is just kind of ridiculous. There's just like five fan. people who watch these things and go, I don't think the Iron Lady's gonna like this one. <laughs> and then they ban it. And then they tut 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 under their under their breath. Like Text the uh, Madonna like a prayer video. Yeah, yeah. Took me a long time to figure out why anybody had an issue with that video. Because, like, as a kid, I watched that video and go, I don't know. It looks pretty cool. I don't know why yeah. people have a problem with this. <laughs> and it's I like, think- oh, well, it starts at Black Jesus. Uh, there are some people who have an issue with that. And then uh, basically, she's talking about blowing it for the whole movie. <laughs> it also has the, the burning crosses that she's dancing. Yeah, that's not, that's not great. That's not great. <clears throat> I actually think the worst part of that is when. Uh, they do the thing where the background singers in the song are embodied as the choir and the mm-hmm. choir singer just gets in Madonna's face and just goes like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, this is, the most, this is the most embarrassing lip syncing I've ever seen in my life. It just, some things don't work well when they're not in the context of the song. But yeah, that, that one was, that's a great video though. That's a great song. It is. Madonna's clearly, it's her best song. It's also a great it's video. Good song. There's a whole lot going on in that video. They, they, that was not one that they, because there's also the um, the black guy gets blamed for her death when she dies right. in the video. Yeah, and he's just at the he's at the scene, and the cops blame him, and then he's Jesus. Tax Albert says, "Random thoughts: an interesting exploration of a society where everyone is a telepath and doesn't come from Beta Z, and the consequences thereof. Also, some decent Tuvok content. Also, I found Paris's let's just." Break Bolana out. The Mari are a bunch of punks who won't fight back. Incredibly funny for some reason. I did. I did like the bit with Chakotay and Paris on the bridge when they had because that was like an instance where two people had differing opinions on the situation, right? Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> it ends with the pretty good grace note at the end where he gets up to leave and he goes, "By the way, Tom, just just because I let you sit in the chair." Don't forget that the captain is still in charge. Like, yeah, oh, that's a that was pretty good. That was a good, a good way they, to get your point across. Thank God they <laughs> saved it with that because I was like, what is this business with it allowing him to sit in the chair? <laughs> the chair was that was that like an improv or something that they did? But they they paid it off. Yeah. This is Poindexter G with random thoughts. Random thoughts. Sorry, and one one other thing. Well, I don't think we've discussed this. Is Voyager's seating arrangement on the bridge the least impressive of the seating arrangements the ships have ever had? It really bugs me that there's only two seats. There's only two seats, right? There's two, and they're low. They're, they're like yeah. lower than everything else. It's, it's a choice. Yeah. It, I think there should be three. There's almost or no one. architecture to their seats. They're just sort of on the ground, and they're, they're, they're just, just just hanging out there. Yeah, it's, it's, not, a, it's not a particularly inventively... Um, designed bridge no no you like you don't you're not going to get anything close to the tng bridge no i guess uh, probably entering the um make it easy to shoot on era of of this mm-hmm. like they, they realized that they can uh, that was the strength of tng though they, were, they always complained there was only a couple angles you could shoot it on the bridge because that's the only way it looked good but it's like yeah it's still it looked good in every single shot so why, why not continue yeah i mean everybody everybody on Everybody who's on the bridge in TNG was clear in the shot. You know, yeah. it was yeah. dynamic looking, and it was it's a, it's a cool design. Sorry, <coughs> this is point extra G. I just sent you. Inspector Tuvok is the best Tuvok. I would seriously watch a show about that guy solving crimes. Seven's conversation at the end starts to bring up one of the big questions of this episode: How do you anticipate laws on other planets that are completely outrageous to us, but seem perfectly normal to them, especially when they see them as so normal that they don't tell you about them? The last time Trek dealt with this was Wesley and the planet of the scantily clad, beautiful blonde people, and I'm loath to think that of that episode again. Interestingly, Janeway comes up with a solution that worked within this culture's legal system, whereas Picard just said nuts to this and went and bugged off. Interestingly, interestingly making Janeway, interestingly making Janeway the more proper Starfleet of the two. Hmm. Oops. Artorius says, random thoughts. So is it a utopia or is it totalitarianism? I find it could be either depending on whether you agree with the powers that be or maybe any society that devoids its people of individual liberty is just a tyranny regardless. 
Side thought, I noticed this episode started to use CGI instead of the model for Voyager. I honestly think models age better than the CGI. Also, Tuvok was outstanding in this episode, but makes you wonder why a Starfleet ship doesn't familiarize itself with the legal system of a society they're encountering, especially when they allow shore leave. I don't know if they stuck the landing with this one. In typical Voyager fashion, they bring something up, but only go to the surface. Two random thoughts out of five. Random access memories. Random access memories. This is JC Superstar with this. Did you know comment. that album, that Daft Punk album, was came out like ten years ago? Which one? Random access memories. The last one that they did with like Get Lucky on it and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. I, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. It is surprising. Time but just makes sense. Time just goes by too fast. Do they still exist? Re- or do they they broke no, up? No, they broke they? up. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Great album though. It's a really good one. Uh, this episode started out strong. A good murder mystery is always interesting, but once the black market for anger porn was introduced, it became pretty silly. At one point, a random henchman rushes at Tuvok shouting, no, right before he attacks. I can't believe the production team went with that cut. It's as bad as Harrison Ford's line, part-time from Crystal Skull. Sorry, <laughs> part-time. Oh, and leave it to Netf- <laughs> Leave it to Neelix to win the hearts of all space babes. <laughs> you call them Netflix, Compen- too. I like that. Sorry. <laughs> Did I say Netflix? Yeah, yeah, I, that was what I always used to say to go on Netflix. <laughs> leave it to Neelix to win the hearts of all space babes from an Ocompen with psionic powers to the girl next door who works in produce. Two out of five. That's a, something I wish I could remember. What is to, Neelix takes a weird pro punish these people thing just because he talked to that melon girl once and she got stabbed he, he takes a real deranged line of uh, opinion yeah i he's he doesn't he doesn't understand what's going on though i don't think you know he's just all he says is i hope you find the person responsible and bring them to justice oh okay is it vague enough to just be to just be okay yeah because yeah. i never got to touch the melons the melons fresh melons I don't know what a right melon feels like. Changeling says, random thoughts. I can think of two possible things that would have made this episode better. One, completely scrap the plot and instead go with his punishment. (laughs) Bellana gets the Ludovico technique, a la Clockwork Orange, and is now incapable of doing her job. For instance, they're being attacked and she cannot charge weapons because that is an act of violence. Or two, when Tuvok is cornered at the end, he says, I'll give you my most violent thoughts. Bad guy goes into his brain and it's not Tuvok he sees, but Lon Suter. Maybe because they're mind melded, a part of Suter lives on in Tuvok forever. And it is so violent, it incapacitates the guy. Anyway, this episode sucked. One penis-shaped mind probe out of five. I would have. I would. I would actually seriously liked if he ran into Suter in Tuvok's mind, and it was just some weird Chucky doll level violence. Yeah, but but they bring up the same thing I said, which is it would probably be more interesting if they actually did the thing to Bellana. Yeah, and then you see what that means. Yeah, right. Loses a, losing a bit of herself. <clears throat> Uh, Groppler John Zorn says, random thoughts, poor Neelix, the first girl since Kess who offered him a little cleavage and a mango smoothie, if you know what I mean, and she gets stabbed by an old lady with a pie server for her trouble. Let this be a lesson to all you sex-crazed kids in your interspecies whisker-tugging ways. You're not getting away with that kind of hanky-panky on UPN. Sure, you might be so societally repressed that you feel the need to break into other people's spank banks. But if you do, Inspector Tuvok will come for you with a mind meld and some clockwork orange-style images involving your rectal cavity and his set. Not a bad episode, not a good episode. It's just another half-full plastic tub of I can't believe it's not sci-fi. Two and a half meh out of five. Malo. Perverso. I'll let you read Milo Perverso's one. Random thoughts. I got a rather ra- I got a rather random comment. I'd reckon we can all agree that seven of nine is pretty hot and makes great eye candy for the show for them dudes, unlike no ass, no tits kiss. <laughs> I guess I'm never running for it. <laughs> office but wouldn't seven look even better if she was would, wait would for you it. vote for a man who says this about <laughs> but wouldn't seven look even better if she was wait for it start so wait for it start some loud drum rolls please build up some real good suspense and anticipation now do more intense drum rolls wait for a tiny little bit longer thinner <laughs> 
I don't understand. Where is this coming from? <laughs> Malo Perverso makes me laugh uh, because he's been insisting that you and Amanda watch Thinner. Oh. As as <laughs> As part of your Stephen King coverage from two years ago, and I think ninety nine percent of his comments have some sort of thinner reference. I'm, in so, I'm sorry, I didn't make that connection. That's very good. Well done. The answer so. still no. <laughs> On the police album episode, I thought he's like, I thought you guys are going to review thinner. So, uh, let's see here. Matt Ross says, random thoughts, although initially a good concept, it feels like a combination of other plots across Trek from the Telosians warning on thought powers to the dog as witness case, ex post facto, and the set which seems to be a redress of prime factors. It does look like prime factors. I also wonder how these people can even do trade as any stray thought can create chaos. I did like Tuvok in his role as the investigator, which was interesting, but it also <laughs> felt like a repressed sexual energy adventure, which I wonder if it was the point. So he's picking up on your sexual energy thing with the guy too. Maybe this is what Orwell was writing about with the idea of Big Brother Planet with actual thought police. Seven, I think, echoes a lot of viewers in a theme, which is to say, stop exploring every damn planet unless it has something you need, Janeway. Four thoughts out of five. I think the weird thing about this, too, is that, like, the guys who run the black market thing are treating it like drugs. Yeah. There's nobody in the in the town who's like, get Strong me the fuck out, out of here. Yeah. Get me yeah. the fuck out of here. I just, if I think about punching someone or if I stub my toe and, I'm, and I think the wrong thought, they, they're going to put me in jail. You know what I mean? Like, there's mm-hmm. no, everybody seems fine with it. Yeah. Except yeah. there's like a subset of people who just like looking at weird shit. Yeah. No, it does. And it doesn't, um, doesn't leak out either really like, cause they're getting the violent thoughts from somewhere. Cause there's a black market for them, but it's not leaking. I guess it's just supposed to be Bolanas are so intense that it causes them to. to I want to see, I, I, <laughs> I want to see how the black market works. Is there like a place that you can go? Yeah. Where for $5, you can go into a room and just like say a bunch of racist things or something. Yeah, they, no, just, just, they just record. Pull, you know, it's like, there, I think there's so much more in this concept that you could do that yeah. would be interesting or have more of a point to it, but they just don't, they don't take any interesting tack with it at all. Yeah. Uh, I did like, I thought it was genuinely funny when the first guy, was like beating the 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 guy the guy who got attacked in the first place after Valana's thoughts. He's like clubbing him <laughs> um, about, about his like wares or something. I thought that was a very funny scene. A lot of unintentional comedy in this. This is Jaron like Hatch. It feels like it should be, um, like the uh, uh, Twilight Zone episode with the kid who has uh, the crazy mental power. They they did her. Or a takeoff of it on The Simpsons too, where it's mm-hmm. like everybody in the town has to think positive thoughts because oh, because the kid Bart, yeah, Bart will right. know, yeah, yeah, and then like Mo for a half a second slips and like he sends him into the sun or something. I forget what it is. Well, that, that's that could have been the role of the uh, the female police chief of this one, right? It's yeah. like everyone in town is terrified to think of something bad, so it's very much like she has them under her boot, but. No. Or I mean I think I think one way that would be interesting to do it would be if you're if you're if you're dropping in on this culture through this police officer for her to be like yeah it's great we have no crime everybody's thinking positive stuff it's it's really awesome here and it's like she's completely oblivious to how bad it actually is right yeah because everybody is constantly stressed out that, yeah. <laughs> that if they think the wrong thing they're going to be you know, set on fire or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, this is one of those classic should be better than it is, but otherwise fine episodes of Voyager. I would normally chalk something like this up to the writing, not quite being there, which to be fair, it isn't, but I doubt even if the TNG writers could have pulled this off at the time it was released. Hot take incoming. Is this going to be a thinner joke? <laughs> but I hot take incoming, but I wonder if this episode is better suited for modern Trek. Mm. If you were really going to explore violence and the effects thereof, you need to be able to show it in a way that 90s sanitized Trek can't do, but modern Trek can. All in all, an interesting idea that deserves a second shake. Three random scenes that give Seven of Nine a thrown-together B story out of five. I don't know if it would be better on modern Trek, but... I I think, you know, I hate to be... I hate to be this person, but... 
I don't know if maybe you should let people be angry is a story they would tell on modern Trek. No, it wouldn't be, you know, like, I, I don't, I don't know if Star Trek discovery would take the, um, <clears throat> angle on this, that maybe people should be able to be shitty. Yep. <clears throat> No, I, I would agree. I don't, I don't think it would. That, but, it, but it's weirdly... I guess this is where the strength of choosing violence comes into play. Um, mm-hmm. Because... I mean, I guess Jaren's argument here is that you as the viewer need to see the violence to have it be like connective with you, to like, have it be an impactful thing to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I, I guess maybe I'm imprinting my own thoughts on it. Like I find the banning of the thought in the 1984 sense to be more interesting than the fact that it's violent thoughts that are doing it. The violence adds like a nice little, um, sort of like spin to it where it's hard to argue against it but i think it's Mm -hmm. more the violence is almost secondary to me and it's more the fact that they're just banning thought crime at this point i think that that seems to be the more uh like that seems to be the drive of it as opposed to violence i don't know if you would agree or disagree with that yeah i would agree i would agree with that i was just thinking now (laughs) It'd be funny if there was a subset of criminals who were like, yeah, I mean, we rob banks, but we don't do it angry. Right. We don't cause violence when we ask Just, to steal all the money. <laughs> it's Robin Hood and the Merry Men. Yeah. If you steal from one person and give it to a lot, you're creating happiness in this world, I suppose, is the argument. Um, would you do violent video games cause kids to be violent? Does violent I don't movies... Think so. No. Movies don't make psychos. Movies make psychos more creative, right? That's what they say in Scream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you think we'd all be the same if all media was excessively violent? Would culture be exactly the same? I Well, I guess that depends on what your definition of as excessively violent is, because I think there are people who would say it already is excessively violent. <clears throat> I think it can't help, right? Like a lot of a lot of yeah, violence in something probably it, you probably are doing a thing of like psychotics will be drawn to it and sort of exacerbated by it, but it's pro- it's it's probably the same way in in that how porn works, which is that it like it causes the culture to view it differently. It, culture views sex differently because porn is like the prevalent thing that mm-hmm. they're used to seeing it just for kids and stuff. And violence would kind of have to be somewhat similar to that, I think. It's just that violence isn't meted out as much as sex is down the line. So I don't know if I don't know if violent media has as much of an effect as social media does. And what I mean by that is like I think I you know, I've I've watched plenty of violent things, what played plenty of violent video games. Anytime I've witnessed real violence I still find it shocking and horrible. Yeah. However, I feel like the the, the modern response is now to film it mm. and like cr- putting that wall, putting that wall up in between the thing, like makes it strangely more accessible. And I'm also yeah. not entirely sure why people do it all the time. Mm. But I think that's that's the thing that makes it. I think the the way it's perceived change for me is that people are actively putting up. A screen with which to make it more like TV as they're as they're doing. Yeah, it yeah. Distances you from it. <clears throat> Do you? It's watch- like what? I, I like if if you were to walk in. I don't, I don't care how horrible a person you are on the internet. If you were to walk into a mass shooting, I think you would react a lot different than the pe- the awful people who watch those things online when they get like you know, streamed live and stuff like that. I there's putting putting a screen in front of you mm. distances you from it in real life. I don't really know if it really affects if fictionalized violence has that much of an effect, but hmm. 
This is not a this is this is something I'm just theorizing right now. I have not poked a lot of holes into this theory. So Yeah, I mean I I, I used to think it I used to think it didn't, but I just don't I think that the more that you just like a culture gets used to something, it has to change it. Otherwise all cultures would be the same, really. So it's like your sure. your your outlook on your outlook on things is dependent on what you're sort of like accustomed to. And therefore, what you're accustomed to defines what kind of like media consumption you're having because it's it's based in your your realm or whatever. Um, so I think I'm, I think it would have to matter. I guess I don't know because I think one of the things that I find the most fascinating is that the level of acceptable violence keeps going up. Mm. Um. And I don't know if I don't know if there is a line or what, but if there should be a line or what. But for instance, I, I've said this a number of times <clears throat> across different. Specifically, when we were talking about the video nasties, this came up a lot because you take a movie like Dawn of the Dead, which was made in 1978. That movie had an X rating, yeah, and you see stuff that is way worse than that movie on The Walking Dead on AMC yeah, yeah. at 10 o'clock on cable. You know now. Yeah. With sponsor, like if you have an X rating, you couldn't advertise your movie in the paper. It was like illegal or something yeah. to do that. <laughs> and now you've got shit that's way worse than that on on TV that has fifteen hundred commercials interspersed within it. You know, so it's like whoever's making the whoever's drawing the line about what is acceptable as far as that stuff goes, it the line keeps creeping up. And uh, yeah, I don't know where I'm going with that, but I find it interesting. Like what my what one of the things that I find really funny is that Mortal Kombat, the video game, now yeah, it is now the game our parents thought it was when yeah, our parents yeah, were like right. Mortal yeah. Kombat. It's so violent, it's so bloody, and it was just like little four yeah pixels four of pixel blood. spurts yeah. of blood. <laughs> if if our parents in the early nineties saw Mortal Kombat now, they would be like, "This is exactly what I'm talking about." Yep, this is what it is. Yeah. But that's to say, I don't think Mortal Kombat has ever driven anybody to uh, tear, tear somebody's spine out through their back. Hearts out. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's... The- I, wasn't, I, wasn't, I wasn't hitting the playground with a, with a spear on a rope that I would throw at people. <laughs> Get over here. Um, yeah. And I guess the I guess the argument against is that we've become less violent in some ways, as media has become yeah. more violent. Violent crime is down and all that. Um, because there's no more lead in the gasoline. Yeah, no more lead in the gasoline, and what's the other freakonomics? Oh, ab- abortion, right? <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that was the, the, the argument about why crime went down, because um, of abortion, which is interesting. Mm. I um, guess crime's going back up. It's, it is. <laughs> Just like they said. But that didn't, yeah, I mean, that's it's one of those things. There's always these like seismic shifts that just it, it didn't seem like the seismic shift. We live in Massachusetts, so it's like literally nothing changed, but it doesn't. And also I don't right. know a yeah. tremendous number of people getting abortions, I guess, at this point. But um, yeah, we'll see. What am I up to? You read Jaren's comment. Is that it? Let me click, 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 click. That is it. We're done. Thank you, patrons, for leaving your thoughts about upcoming episodes at patreon.com slash file. We watched an episode about thought crime and thought violence. I read 1984 last year. I recommend everyone just read 1984. <laughs> don't, watch, don't watch random thoughts of violence or whatever this episode is called. I recommend everyone listen to 1984 because it is a hell of an album from Van Halen. Tight. That's all I got to say. Tight. 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 Oh, you Eddie, ate one too. Eddie shredding that neck. Dave hitting those high notes. <laughs> Al smacking those drums. Michael Al? also there. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> what Alex. Is Alex Van Halen. Oh, there you go. There you go. I've never, I've never <clears> heard him call it Al. Nice. I thought maybe that was the the album he was in rehab or something. Um, this, <laughs> that was the that was the album they had Watros Van Halen playing the drums for them. 
was it Wolfgang, his, his kid? Mm-hmm. Um, that's it for random thoughts. I think the patrons gave it a two, maybe out of five, yeah. maybe a two and a half. What are you going to give this one out of scale of one to five? I think I'm going high two, so I'm, I'm going to give it a two, I think. Yeah. Um, I'll give it a two as well. We wish it could have been a little bit better, but a lot of questions unanswered, a lot of plot lines unpoked, a lot of uh, melons unsqueezed, and it really just doesn't <laughs> doesn't doesn't get me anywhere. Like, but I didn't. It wasn't it wasn't the worst one in a while either. So it was, it was weird. It's just yeah, it's I mean, kind of middle ground. I think this season has been better. Yeah, it's better overall. You know, and like this wasn't terrible, but it you know it was fine. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, everybody, for listening to our thoughts about random thoughts. This is the Penske Podcast. You can support us at patreon.com slash the Penske file. All the content is up there for a couple of dollars a month. You get a whole bunch of podcasts. Clay, anything you want to say before we go? Did you see that video of Wolfgang Van Halen playing those Van Halen songs no. at, with Dave Grohl? Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things where it's like, oh, Wolf, Eddie Van Halen's son. He's he knows how to play the bass. He's playing bass for Van Halen. That's cool, but you know you know how it's like. LeBron James's son is not going to be as good as LeBron James. Michael Jordan's son and eh, not as good as Michael Jordan. You know, yep. It never really happens. And then he goes up and he plays those songs. He plays them as good as his dad does. Mm-hmm. So he's just like as good a guitar player as Eddie Van Halen, and he just doesn't tell anybody about it. <laughs> he it's just crazy. Chooses to, chooses to play bass. <laughs> yeah, apparently he's like a really great musician. Yeah. <laughs> nobody yeah. nobody really knew it. Well. He's he's got the he's got the the genetics, I suppose. Also check out Rotten Horror Picture Show and our Patreon that we're doing this year. We're covering Halloween films. Twelve of the thirteen. January, of course, is Halloween. February will be Halloween too. And so I have to put that so up, right? You you've sent that to me. So I, I, yeah, I just sent that over to you today. Yeah. I will put that up. That's it. That's it for Random Thoughts. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back next week with Concerning Flight, (laughs) 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 which is what just happened on uh, Alaska Airlines or whatever that was. Yeah. Um, I guess that's it. Thanks very much. Concerning Flight up next. What was the, the... what was the Ed Enterprise one? I thought that was called Concerning Flight. What was the, it was called First Flight, right? That's the one with... Uh, uh, First Flight, yeah. With uh, Carradine in it. Anyway. Oh, uh, yeah. Thanks, guys. We will see you next week.